the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. I'm not going to say that George Strait automatically means that I'm here, but it's a good it's 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 a good signal. Mark Davis in for Dennis, a certain Texas twang coming from George, if not from me, but a certain Texas flavor. When I am here, and it is always a joy to be here. Mark Davis from 660 AM, The Answer, where I am the happy morning host. And boy, was I happy to be here this morning. Happy being a relative term. <laughs> it was demanding for everybody. Because uh, I'm here in Central Time, talking to the, the West Coast crew out there in Pragerland, where everybody was working really late between radio and the Salem News Channel. Just fantastic coverage last night. Uh, you know, Post-debate, all kinds of opinions flying thick and fast. So I'm just really enormous pleased uh, to be here in one of my frequent fill-ins. It's always a joy to be here for Dennis. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter or X or Guacamole or whatever they're calling that thing these days, uh, at Mark Davis, M-A-R-K Davis. And uh, and the best way to get a hold of us, of course, is the phone lines that are used in the show every day. 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776. Again, I'm Mark Davis here in the big bustling DFW. And wherever you are... I have some things I need to know from you. You ready? And what I'm going to do is put some of it in question form. Uh, most of my obvious offering is to get your thoughts and ask the blanket question, what did you think of the two big things that you could see last night? One of them was the debate on a stage in Milwaukee, and the other one was seen by perhaps 10 times more people. I mean, are we at 200 million? At some point, everyone in America, if not around the world, will have seen Trump on Tucker. And we'll talk a little bit about whether it was smart for Trump to do Tucker instead of the debate. It certainly wasn't dumb. It certainly didn't hurt him because, after all, as we've learned by now, nothing hurts him, uh, at least not yet. Uh, and, and by the way, every candidate on the stage last night, Every candidate on the stage last night dreams of having a bump, having a boost like Trump will get today from another arraignment, this time under the uh, aggressive thumb of uh, Fonnie Willis in Fulton County in Atlanta, Georgia. He will turn himself in at some point, and you will then almost be able to palpably sense the, uh, the, the, the fundraising boost, 
the poll boost. Here is the the the, the truth of the poll of, of the Trump poll numbers. There's something we know, but there's something numerical we don't know. Again, one eight Prager seven seven six one eight Prager seven seven six. We'll talk about Trump's decision not to be on that debate stage, and then we'll talk about everybody that was on that debate stage because it was a fascinating night for Vivek, a so-so night for DeSantis, a, a, a really good night for Tim Scott, a surprisingly momentarily at least interesting night for Mike Pence. Uh, Nikki Haley did great, but did she get enough mic time? Chris Christie, that New Jersey bully boy thing that just gets really old really fast. And Doug Burgum and Asa Hutchinson were there as well. Which is <laughs> about the old, God bless, I got nothing bad to say about these guys. I've got nothing bad to say about these guys. You know, Hutchinson was an okay governor of Arkansas, really needs to be awakened on some of the uh, gender clarity necessities. Doug Burgum seems like a wonderful guy. And, and what a tough nut. Uh, keyword nut, uh, who plays basketball the night before a debate? Who does something that has even a remote injury risk? My colleague Mike Gallagher and I were talking, and he said, if, if I'm on the debate stage the following day, I'm putting myself in lockdown. I'm going to be like in bed in some type of pneumatic bubble. Nothing will get to me but so that I don't uh, rip open my Achilles tendon. Uh, which he did, so he had to crutch himself onto the stage. And I don't want to be cynical enough to say that this strikes me as debate theater and that it was faked. I don't believe that. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that cynical. But I will be this judgmental. How dumb is it to do something the night before a debate that can hurt you? So of course I know driving on the highway can hurt you. And da 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 da. So I have all kinds of hot takes on how I think. Everybody did. Uh, I'm going to frame it in terms of what I expected versus how they did. And then we'll talk about what I expected from Trump on Tucker. I expected it to be stratospherically good, and it was. So we have specific Trump on Tucker observations, and we have specific debate participation observations, and it all takes place against this Glorious, fascinating backdrop of late August 2024. Here we are. We are still September, October, November. We're still four and a half months before anybody votes for anything. Change is still possible, but how plausible is it? How many times have you heard people say, yeah, in this particular year, by this point, Newt Gingrich was in the lead. Yeah, in this particular year, uh, Rudy Giuliani was in the lead. Well, what, guess what was not going on uh, when Newt, obviously neither gentleman ever became president or ever will, it seems, for multiple reasons. Um, th- there was no Trump. Nobody had a 50-point lead. It was just wide open. It was five or six or eight or 10 or 14 or 17 people all running now. It, it, Trump is the alpha dog, the king of the hill. There, there is nothing that has dented his support yet. I will tell you the one thing, I wouldn't even say might. I'd say the only thing that can. The only thing that can. And I'll do that here in a second. In fact, probably ought to get to that first. 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776. And again, my name, Mark Davis. Uh, follow me on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. I can't say X. 
It's, it's Twitter to me. I'm, I don't know. I'm an old fart. What can I tell you? Uh, at Mark Davis. <laughs> and, uh, and I'll take a look at those during the break. But the best way to get hold of us, of course, with your thoughts, one eight prager 776 Okay. Uh, I do have a, uh, a fresh column in the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. I'm proud to write for the Star-Telegram and the McClatchy newspaper chain and Newsweek and Town Hall. But the thing I did a, an immediate... I pretty well do mean immediate uh, turnaround reaction column for was the Star-Telegram. So if you go to star-telegram.com and look at opinions, find me, Mark Davis, there is my column that talks about how Vivek and Pence and Tim Scott helped themselves. Doesn't mean they're the only people who did, but they did. But the, the enduring question, the enduring question is, can anybody catch Trump? Is that is that even possible? So if we start with the premise that they say anything is possible, not anything, okay? Uh, Asa Hutchinson, Doug Burgum, or Will Hurd winning the nomination is as close to not possible as the English language permits, okay? But let's just say that in these turbulent times where almost everything seems volatile it was volatility that kind of lofted Trump in 2016. There were a lot of frustrations. There he was. He seemed anti-establishment. He caught the the, the, the wind of, of that in the sails of so many Americans. It, it just it was the, the timing was just it was perfect for Trump. Um, now, eight years is next next month. Wow, can you believe this? Next month, September is eight years. Since he and Melania came down the uh, the golden escalator at Trump Tower, in a way it seems like yesterday. In a way it seems like a hundred years ago. <laughs> but but anyway, everybody knows they they his everybody knows him now, and and the love for him and the hatred of him are both baked in so solid. So two things are true at the same time. With Trump as the nominee, you're going to get two things guaranteed. Two things. The love for him and the devotion to him and the desire to flip a huge middle finger to the establishment that now pursues and persecutes him, that will be on fire with energy. The other thing that's going to be on fire with energy, every Democrat, who, if Biden could be actually dead and on the ticket, and Democrats will crawl on broken glass and walk through fire to deliver another loss to Trump. So that will be in furious force. So which of those forces, which of those phenomena uh, is greater? I don't know, and neither do you. Are there risks to making Trump your nominee? There sure are. But are there risks that a whole lot of people seem totally willing to take? Yes, indeedy. So what is the one thing that might erode Trump's support? And I'm not saying it will, but it's the only thing that can. I'll tell you next and take your calls next. one prager 776 Mark Davis in for Dennis. The Dennis Prager Show. Gold dealers are a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. What sets these companies apart and whom can you really trust? This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. My choice for buying precious metals. When you buy precious metals, it's imperative that you buy from a trustworthy and transparent dealer that protects your best interests. So many companies use gimmicks to take advantage of inexperienced gold and silver buyers. Be cautious of brokers offering free gold and silver or brokers that want to sell you overpriced collectible coins, claiming they appreciate 
appreciate more than gold and silver? What about hidden commissions and huge markups? Nick Grovich and his team at AmFed always have your back. I trust this man. That's why I mention him by name. Nick's been in this industry over 42 years, and he's proud of providing transparency and fair pricing to build trusted relationships. If you're interested in buying or selling, call Nick Grovich and his team at AmFed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. So, whether you are watching or listening or both, we appreciate it. Mark Davison for Dennis here on Debate Night, the, uh, I was going to say morning after, depending on your time zone, the day after. What do we think? Um, I'm going to take some calls here and, and sort of intermingle my specific thoughts about how each candidate did. Uh, and of course, how, well, it, it, you know what the short part is? How Trump did with Tucker? Simply superb. It was just vintage Trump for 47 minutes, and and it was awesome. It was just a reminder of, uh, of of how great he is and why everybody wants him back, or nearly everybody wants him back. I will tell you, not to be a curmudgeon about this, but I still think he ought to be, should have been on the debate stage. I totally understand his logic. Why, you know, why should I? They're 50 points behind me. I don't need to show up for this. I totally get it. He's right about that. It did not hurt him to not be there. But it was a missed opportunity. Uh, there are millions of people for whom the last 10 times they heard Trump talk, it was all about Jack Smith and Fonnie Willis and Alvin Bragg and this persecution and that lawsuit and this vendetta and that witch hunt, all of which is true. But it just, it can be fatiguing to some folks who are not a junkie for this. And this would have been an opportunity for Trump with a bunch of rivals and a bunch of pretenders, to be sure, and a bunch of people at 0.5%. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But it would have been him talking about borders. It would have been him talking about crime. It would have been him talking about climate and him, to, which, by the way, he did with Tucker. But he could have done that too, not to get greedy, but why not do the debate and then sit down with Tucker tonight? Wouldn't that have worked? So, yeah. But it was a statement. I understand it was a statement. It was a poly, it was a positioning statement that says, I don't even need to be on that stage as they all run for who's going to be the last person left when there are two uh, two candidates left standing. And that is, by the way, what last night's debate was about. It's what the entire campaign is about for everybody not named Trump. At some point in the spring, there will be two candidates left. One of them will be named Donald Trump and the other one will not. <laughs> and, and everybody wants to be that other person. And forever it looked obvious that it was going to be DeSantis. It doesn't look that, that way so much right now. Now it could really be Vivek. Will that sustain? Is this kind of a flash in the in, in the summer pan? I don't know. Uh, your thoughts are welcome. One eight Prager seven seven six. As I get ready to go to the phones, he, here's the thing. Everybody, I get asked this all the time: Is there anything that could change the calculus? Anything where Trump just doesn't have that fifty point lead anymore? Because while we're talking math, here's what's undeniably true: uh, Trump can win the nomination, can breeze to the nomination without poaching. One single supporter from anybody on that stage last night. He, obviously, he could do it tomorrow. DeSantis, just to pick somebody, or Vivek, but go with DeSantis for the moment. He needs to poach half of, of the Trump poll numbers. He's got to go get half of those people. Half of the people saying we want Trump. Half of the 50-some percent, if not more, who say we want Trump, who say that now in August, have to stop saying that. By the time people are really voting in Iowa and New Hampshire and South Carolina and Nevada, et cetera, et cetera. 
So what is the one way that happens? And this is a half-court shot, maybe a full-court shot. And that is that some of the poll emotions right now, some of it, most of it, is we want this guy to be president. We loved him then. We love him now. We want this guy to be president. You know, the usual earth logic that people use in expressing support for a candidate. But some of it, and it'll have to be a lot of it, and I don't know that it is, but certain X percentage of it has to be folks who may or may not require Trump to be their next president, but they are furious at what's being done to him. It is a show of support. I mean, why do you think the poll numbers will go up after he is arraigned today in Atlanta? Is it because a bunch of people will just look at issues around America and decide, oh, he is my guy? Some may, but most of the poll bursts and the the fundraising bursts that happen after, after each continuing litany of indictments is people saying, oh, hell no. It's what I call the Jason Whitlock effect. Jason Whitlock is the wonderful broadcaster, blogger, uh, who uh, who was on the Tucker one? I, I think might have been after after the first indictment or the second one. I lose track. Jason Whitlock was on the Tucker when Tucker was on Fox, and said, "I don't even know what I think about Trump. I'm halfway with him, halfway not. I like some of what he does, some of it not. I, I you know I don't know. But tonight I'm hardcore MAGA. Tucker, tonight I am hardcore MAGA." Jason Whitlock said, and it was and it was as a statement of revulsion at what was being done to him. Now, if that's a bunch of Trump support, if because here it is in one nutshell, by the time we get to, we go through Christmas, we go through the holidays, everybody digests their holiday uh, uh, meals, and then we all get rolling in January of 2024, and millions of Republicans go, whoa, okay, now, now it's, 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 What's always been serious, but now it's time, time with a capital T. It's not about whether we don't like Jack Smith or whether we, you know, think 2020 was rigged or whether we're just not about anything else. It's uh, other than it's about one thing, one thing. Who beats Biden? Who gives us the best chance of beating Biden? And if the similar numbers of people who think so today think that that's Trump, and by the way, it may well be, then nothing will change. All these campaigns, all the DeSantis's, all the Vivek's, all the everybody's, I don't want to say it'll be for naught, but it it will not bear fruit. It will not bear fruit. If, however, and it's funny because right now we got the sort of the fresh angst, the renewed uh, emotion and determination of what will happen after Trump is dragged before yet another tribunal for yet another non-crime. We can talk about this some today if you want. There's really only one thing. Out of all, out of every single one of these stupid persecution prosecutions, all these indictments, all these things, really, they only got him on one thing. There's one thing that he just really should have done differently, and that's the handling of those stupid documents. Give back the stupid documents. If you if you do that, then that's not even a problem. But all this election-related stuff is insane. He thinks he got screwed, and guess what? So do I. Guess what? So do most of you. We don't get to believe that, 
And if we're him, we don't get to act on that and make phone calls and secure meeting space and tweet to somebody to watch a TV show, all of which has been criminalized by these lunatic prosecutors. But in January of 2024, it's not going to be about that anymore, no matter how we feel about that, no matter how we feel and no matter how resentful we are of that and how much we want to stick with him. And I mean, in that regard, if, if millions of people say, God bless you, sir, God bless you. We loved your presidency. We want those policies back, but the damage seems to have been done. Voters seem tired and we've got to, we got to beat Biden. We've got to. And we think that, that to get your policies back, it might take DeSantis to do it. It might take Vivek to do it. Now, that's a a huge if. It's a massive if. But that's the only way that the, the poll numbers change. Your call's next. Mark Davison for Dennis. Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop at the pillow. Mike also created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. These sheets look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for overall health. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's latest deal is the sale of the year for a limited time. You'll receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets, marking prices down as low as $29.98, depending on the size. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Podcasts Square, and use the promo code Prager. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, MyPillow kitchen towel sets, and so much more. Call 800-761-6302 or go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Prager. And hey, Dennis, let me piggyback on that for you. Because August is a big fundraising month for PragerU. Donate today, and your gift will be triple matched. Holy cow, how does that happen? A $50 donation is really a $150 donation. $100 is $300. And and, 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 and $610 is really $1,830. I could go on. <laughs> how did I even? I thought I knew I'd... <laughs> Yeah, no, I was going to mess that up. Uh, PragerU.com, PragerU.com, or 833-PragerU. Let's make it a big, big, big banner month for PragerU teaching what isn't taught. And by the way, PragerU in the news everywhere. Have you seen how the, people are freaking out in 12 languages that PragerU is allowed? Not forced. It's not mandated. Teachers can use PragerU videos in Florida. And here in my great state of Texas, there is a desire for them as well. Ha, ha, ha. Meaning that... The liberals, and we do indeed have liberals in Texas, we just don't let them run the place uh, at the moment. And uh, so there's a lot of, of, uh, of back and forth about whether PragerU videos are going to be in uh, Texas classrooms. Uh, classrooms just get better when PragerU videos are there. They just do. It's a point of view and a perspective on history and climate and culture and 14 other things uh, that, that just is not usually there as a result of the curricula that are in place. So there you go. Okay, look, one eight Prager 776 Let's talk to some folks on the radio. And then I, I will intersperse some of my individual thoughts about the individual candidates and various other things. I got two and a half more hours. Y'all are you know moving and grooving through your day. And I am grateful. We are in Anaheim. Joey, Mark Davison for Dennis. How are you? I am just great. And I'm so glad you're on, Mark. I always enjoy Thank you. listening to you. <laughs> you're very kind. Um, uh, 
Well, I'm very honest, actually. Um, I watched the debate and I watched the Tucker Carlson interview with Donald John Trump afterwards. My take on the interview was that it was excellent. And the thing I liked best about it was that my president was very low key, very calm, low key. And uh, he didn't say anything radical or crazy. (laughs) And so I really, really enjoyed that, that and he is, of course, my, you know, my candidate. But to get uh-huh. to the debate, I think that two people should be taken off, Asa Hutchison and um, and um, Doug Burgum. Christine. No, Christie. Oh, Christie. Wow. wow. So Doug Burgum survives, but Chris Christie's got to go. Gee, I wonder he why. <laughs> because those two, uh, they promised, you know, they they promised that they would gotcha. vote for whoever was president, including right, the loyalty they, pledge. Yes, ma'am. They didn't yeah. keep their promise already, nope. in, you know, nope. in, in the in the debate. So they're they're out for more reasons, but that's one. And then I thought, um, uh, unlike many others, I thought that uh, the governor of Florida did really, really well. I was very impressed with him, and I don't know why everybody says, "Oh, he's low key, doesn't connect, well, he doesn't." It's 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 weird. I've I've got I've, I've been formulating an answer to that, and I, and I appreciate the view because people can feel however they wish. Uh, and you love a lot of people who really love Trump don't like DeSantis at all, probably because they view him as something like a threat. Uh, it's weird because a lot, it seems like a lot of people expected with so much anticipation about DeSantis that when he announced and he announced like the third week of May, that instantly he was going to be equal to Trump or halfway to Trump or have 30% or something like that. Nobody should have expected that. It's going to take that phenomenon that I was just talking about. It's almost going to take till January. And then it's a huge if where people go, oh, we love Trump policies, but only somebody else can bring it, bring them to us. So they'll pivot to DeSantis or Vivek if they do that. That's a huge if. But And so he's been dogged. It's like the, the, the bar was set so high. It's like, well, he's, he's not that stellar. He's not that great. He has got, he's been doing fine. And he did fine on the debate stage last night. It wasn't a bunch of home runs. I think Vivek did better. I think Tim Scott and Mike Pence probably helped themselves more. Uh, but, but DeSantis was fine, slow, you know, slow and steady. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I think Vivek also should be off the stage. He's not qualified to be president. It's like, dude, I, I ba- based on what? Now, careful, if you if you don't like him, that's fine. But but based on what? No, I like what makes him, him not like qualified? Him he could sell anybody a vacuum cleaner. But I right. think that um, that Haley really pointed out that he has no foreign you know he has he just doesn't have experience he talked how much how much ex- how much experience did donald how much experience did donald john trump have a lot oh really lot. He, he's a not not, not at being president he didn't no okay no, I, I know what you mean he had he had life experience and wisdom and business experience absolutely but Vivek just, you know, he, he he acts like he knows it all and that he has all these uh, foreign policies towards uh, Ukraine, towards uh, Taiwan, towards Israel. And I disagree with all of them. Uh, he, really? You know, OK, he, well, then, then let me let me carry that forward. I am so grateful because I think he was 100 percent right on Ukraine, but maybe not on some other stuff. We'll be right back. It is the Dennis Prager Show for Thursday, August 24th, debate night, the day after Mark Davis filling in from Texas, taking your calls, mixing your thoughts and mine. So, all right. (laughs) I mentioned on my show this morning locally, and I'll mention it, and I, I may have already touched on it here, so many debate 
reactions are going to be filtered through what you think of everybody, which is fine. And I'm not immune to that. I try to resist it. And, and, and I'm, I, I hope I'm a worthy tour guide through this because I love Trump. Do I know that he's our best shot versus Biden? Nope. I respect DeSantis. Is, he, is, is the hype, is the reality going to live up to the hype? I don't know. I'm impressed by Vivek. I got hesitations about Vivek. I'm just paying attention. I'm letting the game come to me. For many of you who have totally made up your mind, which you're completely entitled to do, if you just love Trump, then for many of you, DeSantis is a bum. And, and, and the last lady, God bless her, Vivek is unqualified. Let me give you a definition of qualified. Qualified's a weird word. First of all, the Constitution makes it clear. you got to be 35 natural-born American citizen. That's about it. But I know that conversationally we, we say qualified and we mean that you seem to have a body of experience in your past, in your brain, in your, your, your heart. You seem to have a life that lends itself to being president of the United States. But if you come after Vivek and say, well, he doesn't have like foreign policy experience. How much foreign policy experience did Trump have? And he was great on foreign policy. I, I literally, I don't know how many of you agree with me on this. I don't know how much I care about experience anymore at all because there are people with loads of experience who are terrible. One of them is President of the United States right now. And there are plenty of people who have very little experience, none in elected office, who are awesome. Trump, the prime example. Talk about learning, uh, talk about on the job learning. He certainly did it. Now, Vivek being 38. I, I was talking to the great Kurt Schlichter, uh, who writes for Town Hall and who's just great in everything he does. Uh, Kurt is a take-no-prisoners conservative. He is an admitted DeSantis fan, a great respecter of and fan of everything Trump did. But it's his belief that the only way to get those policies back, is it ain't Trump, it's DeSantis. And so that's where his heart lies. But he gave me a quote about Vivek that I just I probably have cited it 15 times since. He said, we just can't have a commander-in-chief who first heard Nirvana on a classic rock station. <laughs> I love that so much. And I don't want to be ageist, and I don't want to be the old coot in my yard shaking my fist at a cloud telling the kids to get out of my yard. I'm 65. I like to think I'm a youthful 65. So do we all. But but and it's not like Vivek is 20. He's 38. Uh, but there, there's today we ain't growing 38 year olds. We ain't growing 19 year olds like we used to, or folks who are double that age. See more math. Um, so it's not like I think he's going to wig out and do weird millennial things. But but there, maybe I'm looking for a certain seasoning, a certain measured approach that he just doesn't have yet, which is not harsh criticism because I think the guy is truly remarkable. Here's a little chunk of him from last night. See what I mean. Roll it. This primary is this. Do you want a super PAC puppet or do you want a patriot who speaks the truth? Do you want incremental reform, which is what you're hearing about, or do you want revolution? Okay. And I stand on the side of the American revolution. See, this this is the energy he brings. And that was actually a moment where he said he's kind of funny. He says 90% of the stuff he says is awesome. Okay, 80% is awesome, 15% is really great, and 5% is was dumb. I'm the only candidate up here who's not bought and paid for. What kind of a weird slap was that? 
But the guy is great. He's great on TV. He's very telegenic. He's very smart. He's very sharp. His 10, uh, you know, 10 truths. There are two genders. God is real. Uh, the Constitution is the greatest guarantor of freedom in world history. Uh, we have three branches of government, not four, which is, I guess, a slap at the media and whatever, however, however many more, the other six. They're all great. He's, he's great in a bunch of ways. Does he need to be the nominee? I don't know. Does he need to be the running mate? I don't know, especially if it's Trump. And listen, Trump's going to outlive all of us. He'll be 120 eating a cheeseburger and going, I told you. Uh, but if that is not in the cards, Vivek, a heartbeat away from the presidency, I don't, he, he, he has a future. As a friend of mine has often said, he has a future. I don't know when that future is. Yeah, it certainly has a future in this race. I think he'll be one of the last, certainly one of the last three or four uh, standing. Um, let me hit some more calls here, and uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the individual performances that were of note. We are in Detroit. Mike, hey, Mark Davis uh, sitting in for Dennis. How are you doing? You know, these debates are fine, but people need to remember that part of the Democratic strategy is always uh, divide and conquer. And, you know, it's almost like what is there to debate? You know, we're watching the Democratic Party dismantle and destroy our republic, you know, before our very eyes. You know, the the political and violence that they've inflicted on this country is just uh, unprecedented. And you can, with the political corruption, you can start with the bedwetting narrative to the military occupation. You know, people need to remember this. The military occupation under a false narrative, under false pretenses by the Democratic Party. As a, as a former officer, I can tell you 99% of the officer corps would have refused that order as illegal and unconstitutional. What order are you talking about the order that Pelosi gave to Milley to occupy our nation's capital. But aside from that, My, hey, Mike, I, hey, can I can I be really can I be really frank and speak with love? I'm wide open about all kinds of things, but we're kind of doing something here. And these are platitudes. They're good, high quality platitudes, but not but, really know, what I'm doing. So then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Says so you're listening to a show. And if it seems to be doing something that see if somebody says, hey, uh, constitution to apple pie recipes, call me. That's great. But here's something, a suggestion with love. If there's kind of something we're doing here and, and you got six index cards in front of you, sit tight with them and, and wait for another day. Okay. And I say that with a huge amount of love. All right. One eight Prager seven seven six one eight Prager seven seven six. Let's do, uh, let's do as follows. Um, when we come back, more of your calls, focus people, focus. And by the way, there are a hundred different things you can say about the debate, about the race, about our country, about uh, Trump and Tucker. I'm all about that. So we'll be back in just a moment on the Dennis Prager Show. Always a good idea. Mark Davis in for Dennis. Artie, we are in West L.A. Steve, Mark Davis in for Dennis. How are you, sir? Oh, good, Mark. Uh, two things uh, that uh, stuck to me last night. Um we have these lying activists at ABC, NBC, CBS, NPR, PBS, and others, of course, CNN, that allow the abortion uh, topic uh, to destroy conservative America. We need them to start sticking mics in front of uh, the left-wing um, Congress yeah. people and senators and say, yeah. Where, when, do, when should abortion be uh, not allowed? Yeah. What that are your limits? Exactly. The yeah. second thing I have to say is Asa Hutchinson calling Jan 6 an insurrection is a disgrace. He needs to get the F out of the, this race. It's a disgrace <laughs> to the Republican Party. Voters, voters will take care of that no very weapon. soon. 
I yeah. know. How, I how know. do you always throw the biggest government in the world without any weapons? It was an insurrection. He's, 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 no. he's he was horrible. And 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 I and and the marketplace will take care of him. The thing is, we got, what do we got to wait for? Iowa, New Hampshire, you know. So so that, what? what and, and listen, I would say this about some people who I don't hold in that high regard, like Asa Hutchinson. People who I do hold in pretty high regard, like Doug Burgum, somebody who I used to hold in high regard before he became just a, a Trump hate monger, Will Hurd. But I would ask of all three guys, why are you running? What 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 exactly are you thinking? Is this an ego trip? Is it a vanity project? Is it? And, and I'm going to make a point here, because there's somebody else who's at about one percent in the polls. There's a strong reason for him to be running. His name is Larry Elder. And it's not just because he's a talk show guy, not just he's my friend and my former colleague. Uh, it, it's because Larry has things to say that nobody else would have said on that stage last. There's a reason for him to be running. There's a narrative that only he can tell. There's a there's something truly unique about him. Uh, and the RNC screwed him, and that's not good. And I wish him well in his action against the RNC and uh, through the FEC. I hope that uh, I hope that works out. Alrighty, Mark Davis in for Dennis. Stick around. We got uh, one hour down, two to go. All kinds of things happening. Grab a line at one eight Prager seven seven six. We'll be right with you. Portions of the Dennis Prager Show are brought to you by Sierra Pacific Mortgage. everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Fingers crossed, everybody knows the war is over, everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody it is the Thursday, August 24th, Dennis Prager Show, Mark Davis filling in from 660 AM The Answer here in bustling Dallas-Fort Worth, where the best show prep I can ever do for filling in for Dennis Prager is my own actual hot happening show in morning drive, and boy, boy, was that an adventure! Because I, I got a bunch of calls from people on the exact same things that I'm seeking calls about from you. How did the debate strike you? How did Trump ver- not versus Trump and Tucker very much uh, conjoined in their quest to uh, uh, attract attention to some issues and themselves, and they both enormously succeeded? Is that thing up to 200 million views? Uh, already Tucker and Trump. So we've talked a little bit on should Trump have been on the debate stage. There's an argument for yes, certainly an argument for no. It's the argument that he makes. My thought is, is you can have it all that he could have done Tucker tonight and gotten the exact same number of hundreds of millions of views and could have been on the debate stage last night talking about something, please, anything 
other than this continuing litany of uh, arraignments and persecutions, the next of which happens today in Atlanta. How's that going to go? And you know, well, A, you know how it's going to go in terms of fundraising and poll numbers. It will probably expand his lead because he garners very deserved and righteous empathy from people who just want to flip a massive bird toward the prosecutorial cabal that is out uh, to get him. So phone number is 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776. Let me do the lightning round through how I think everybody did versus what I expected them to do. And then you can do the same, pick and choose, do whatever you want to do. Again, 1-8-Prager-776. And follow me on X slash Twitter or whatever you want to call it, at Mark Davis, M-A-R-K Davis. Uh, Vivek, he was great. He he was he was it was vintage Vivek. It's kind of funny. I said this morning, is there such a thing as vintage anybody when you've only been around in our public consciousness for about fifteen minutes? I guess there is. His is a recognizable act now, and I don't say act dismissively. There's a Vivek way, a way to do things. There's a way that he phrases things. There's a way that he comes at the, and 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 the audience last night pretty well loved it until they didn't. He got a little snotty and a little uh, millennial uh, uh, short and peakish with people. Uh, I'm the only candidate up here that's not bought and paid for. Shut up. Uh, but but generally speaking, his points were great. His uh, his style was was uh, compelling, and I think by and large, he did a really good job. And I'm not saying the greatest compliment is paid not by me or anybody even on his own staff. The greatest compliment is last night. The storyline wasn't even what a lot of people thought it was going to be, because as everybody's running to be second in the polls. Because that's all last night was about. Who's going to be second in the polls? Because we know who's first. Uh, the, 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 the buzz was that folks were going to be gunning for DeSantis. That they were going to be trying to, you know, put some dings in the armor of DeSantis. Nope. They all came for Vivek. Christie came for Vivek with that dumb, uh, I'm, I'm tired of somebody who talks like chat GPT. Shut up, Jersey boy. Uh, and, and, and the last time somebody talked about being skinny with a with a funny last name, it was Obama. He's right about that, by the way. Uh, but then I, I think we are in danger of the same kind of of amateurish. Like, gosh, is the, what what is the reason for the Chris Christie candidacy other than Trump hatred? And what is the reason for the Asa Hutchinson and Doug Burgum candidacies at all? I, I I'm a big it, it, miracles happen. <laughs> Not like this. I'm teasing. Anything truly is possible. But there is zero reason to believe that somebody at zero or one percent is actually going to be the nominee. It's a free country. You get to run. And if you meet the debate criteria, you get to be on the stage. Unless you're Larry Elder. Larry got absolutely hosed by Ronna McDaniel and the RNC. And I wish him well in his actions against them. Meanwhile, uh, I wish all of you well here on this Thursday as uh, the month of August flies by. It's funny, time is moving quickly and slowly at the same time. And and by that, I mean, where did summer go? I mean, I know there's plenty of it left, especially here in Texas, where it's, let me look outside, it may be 108 degrees by now. Um, but also, we do truly have a lot of time. There, There is, we have all of September, all of October, all of November, all of December. Uh, and we get into January before any human beings actually vote, before anybody actually votes. Is there room for all kinds of things to change? There is. Does that mean they will? Nope, not necessarily. So uh, what do you think uh, what do you think of what happened last night and what do you think moving forward? Okay? 18 Prager 776. We are in Orlando. Uh, hi Petra, Mark Davis and for Dennis, how are you? I am very well. Thank you. 
My comment is basically why was um, abortion even brought up by the commentators? Because this issue has been resolved right now. It has gone back to the states and they are not running for governor. They are running for the president. I know, but but here's 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 the uh, Petra. Here's here's the answer to your question. The reason it was brought up and the reason it's important for the candidates to weigh in is now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned, and thank goodness because it was a constitutional fiction. And now that right now, right now, it's all in the hands of the states. Meaning, my state of Texas can protect the unborn, and other states can be ghoulishly permissive about it. That's where we are now. The question now, the fork in the road is, do we need to, as pro-lifers, seek a federal law of some type, which we totally can do, we don't have to, but we can, that creates, let's say, a nationwide 15-week standard? Uh, That's a thoroughly valid question, And, and clearly on the stage last night, there were people who wanted to do it and people who didn't, so the question is completely valid. Okay, well, I did not think, maybe not for the first debate you know there are Why so not? many others in terms of the, well yeah. um because yeah. of the immigration reduction yeah. act we had the anniversary of afghanistan you know uh, you know, with packing the Supreme yeah. Court, all I of that. Say, there, there, are a lot, there are a lot more people. There are a lot more people walking around right now caring about abortion than there are who caring about Afghanistan. Trust me on that one. And I, I know the, the part of the angst is that it get it gets us in trouble. It, it gets us into uncomfortable conversation. I'll tell you where there's there's abject fear right now. And I am I do not have this fear. I am not afraid. I am pro life. I want a federal fifteen week for starters. For starters. Was the overturning of Roe v. Wade enough for me? Nope. I call it a good first step toward a country, a country that actually steps up to prevent babies from the carnage of abortion. Now, I also know that you can't have everything you want. Right now, uh, there's a national freakout going on because of the Dobbs decision. There are people who, you know, running their cars off the road still because Roe v. Wade was overturned. And there's a perception that this hurts us, that there have been some election results that show that people are recoiling about this. And with all of these choices being left to the individual states, there are some folks, some of them Republicans, stepping forward to say, you know, I don't know how pro-life I want to be. Which, by the way, is the choice of every American. Everybody's entitled to, to feel the way they feel about every issue. But I am unapologetically pro-life. That means I want laws that protect babies from the Holocaust of abortion. And I'm unapologetic about it. And I'm in no ways tired. And I will never grow tired of having those views. I know full well that I may not convince enough of America to have this in, in my lifetime. Took 50 years to get rid of stinking Roe v. Wade. How long will this take? I don't know. Maybe the ball's rolling a little quicker now. There are hearts to be changed, minds to be changed, and I'm all about that. I'm all about the patience and diligence and discipline and skill needed to change hearts and minds on the truth of what abortion is. And so the overturning of Roe v. Wade was great. It laid a bit of it. said, well, we're done now. It's, it's left to the states. What, like I'm supposed to be okay that, that that California is a killing field for unborn babies? I'll never be okay with that. Never. Now, the one thing you can do is move to a pro-choice state, move to a pro-abort state and try to change their policies. By the way, go do that. Absolutely. All about that. Or, or maybe and or, because these don't have to be binary, one or the other. Uh, we can work on a federal law that would protect life uh, at 15 weeks.
And I mean, that's for starters. In Texas, we have the heartbeat bill. I would love that nationwide. Now, I know we're a thousand miles from that. But you know what you got to do when you got to travel a thousand miles? You get in the car and you drive that first mile. And you drive that first hundred. And you drive that first 500. And eventually you get to a thousand. I don't know how long it'll take. And I don't know how long it'll take for us to get 60 votes in the Senate and the majority of the House to to make such a federal law to protect unborn babies. But that is what I'm going to advocate. And I want my presidential candidates to advocate it, too. Nikki Haley doesn't want to do that. I understand. There's a lot of good things about Nikki Haley. She is not pro-life enough for me on that issue. Uh, Tim Scott appears to be. Uh, listen, I, I know DeSantis is. I got a question or two about Trump. Didn't Trump call the heartbeat bill a bit extreme? Uh-oh. But that's one of many issues. I, I have a lot of you know, moving parts in my consideration on some of this. I know you do too. So uh, grab a line, 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776. Mark Davis in for Dennis. Stick around. From your bed that will disclose what everybody knows. Any way that you can consume Dennis Prager content is a good use of your time. Hopefully equally uh, rewarding, or at least almost as much, when the fill-in guys are here. Mark Davis from uh, here in DFW on 660 AM. answer each morning. And then usually my habit is to get out, run some errands, and listen to Dennis, except the days when I'm doing the show. And this is one of those days, which I'm very, very grateful for. 1-8-Prager-776, we get ready to go back to your calls. It, it's obviously one big night of, of issues from the debate stage uh, to Trump sitting down with Tucker. But 50 issues come pouring off of both, which makes it a multi-layered thing. Glad to uh, be here with you to cover all of it. Two really quick things, like 30 seconds apiece of some pretty huge international news stories this week. First of all, uh, Yevgeny Prigozhin is dead. Who's that? He's the Wagner Group guy. And if all this sort of makes your brain leak out your ears, uh, who's that? Are they pro-Putin? Are they anti-Putin? What kind? Are they his uh, strongmen, uh, uh, mercenary force? What even are they? Well, this was the guy who apparently grew sufficiently frustrated with the way U- Ukraine war was going that he mounted. Remember when the, the caravan of like tanks and stuff was rolling toward Moscow and, and it was like going to be a coup against Putin. And then it stopped. And then uh, Putin, people thought, oh, surely this guy's dead by dinner time, but he wasn't. And there was this a couple of days where Putin seemed to be making nice with him, healing up the relationship. Yevgeny, don't worry. It'll be okay. Don't worry about the thing. Yeah, uh, Yevgeny got blowed up in a plane yesterday at like 20-some thousand feet. Well, well, I said got blown up. (laughs) Whoops, Freudian slip. Something happened to his plane. Nothing suspicious about this at all. The other story involves India. Huge props to India. How thrilled was all the 10 billion people they have in that country? Where, where is what, what, uh, China, India, uh, nobody else is close. Uh, that's a lot of happy people. As their moon lander, the Chandrayaan-3... Didn't just land on the moon, landed on the south pole of the moon, which carries some excitement because there's apparently like some frozen something or other down there. It might be ice, might be water. If that's the case, you got hydrogen, you got oxygen, oxygen for breathing, hydrogen for power. This could be pretty cool. And listen, I'm total space dork. If you haven't picked that up, 
Um, uh, earlier I revealed that, that at 65, that means I'm 11 for the human footprints on the moon. Couldn't be more thrilled that astronaut Reed Wiseman will lead a NASA crew back to orbit the moon uh, right after we win back the White House in late 2024, and then more human footprints on the moon in late 2025. And I, I just love that additional generations of people, not just kids, but people of all ages, can maybe have the wonder that I had at the time of, of, of this being man's nature to explore and as Apollo 15 Commander Dave Scott said there in, in his first steps on the moon, this is exploration at its greatest. So it's unmanned. Uh, but listen, if, if, and I, you ever hear people say, you know, launching something toward the moon at 238,000 miles away is like going out in the backyard with a baseball and, and then fill in the blanks. You know what it's like? Landing a craft on the moon at a specific place a quarter million miles away is like going out in your backyard with a baseball and throwing it and hitting something a quarter million miles away. I mean, there's just no need for the proportionality of the. It's it, it, God bless them. It's incredible. Way to go, India. Oh, by the way, speaking of Russia, tough week for them all around. Um, well, I don't know, it, it, the the Luna, what was it? The Luna 25. Uh, yeah, they were going to land a couple of days ago. Uh oh, that uh, did not happen. That thing, uh, that thing crashed and burned like the Will Hurd campaign. So uh so there you go. All right. One eight Prager seven seven six one eight Prager seven seven six and we are in Orlando and Dennis, that is you. Welcome to the Dennis Prager show. I'm Mark Davis filling in. How are you? Oh, very good. Thanks so much for taking the call. Sure. Um yes, sir. I was uh very I'm very interested to know if there's a chance that a third party candidate could become president under this current environment. Uh, with the proper uh, steps to get their name and information yeah. that perhaps is not being spoken, something like yeah. uh, Larry Elder. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the short the, answer. The, the short answer. The short answer is no. The short answer is no. Uh, the dirty little secret about third parties is there's a reason why they usually get between zero and one and two percent. Ross Perot in 1992 was a was a was a wild outlier at 19 percent. I don't know if anybody will ever do that again in my lifetime. The dirty little secret is that everybody bags on the two party system, but most people find a way to become comfortable with it. The vast majority of people are either going to vote for the Republican or the Democrat, and the number of people left over, it's it's listen in a country of 330 million, if it's 5 or 10% of everybody that's miffed at the two-party system, that's still millions of people. So is there room for a you know, a, a Cornell West, who's the, for a, a Joe Manchin, uh, RFK Jr., when it becomes clear to him that he's not going to be the Democrat nominee? Could that be something of consequence? Not, you asked, could that person win? That's a hard no. But as Ross Perot did, he can sure make sure somebody else wins. Because Ross Perot, and God bless Mr. Perot, a wonderful man, wonderful Texan, wonderful American, he gave us Clinton because he took votes right away from uh, uh, from, from, from George H.W. Bush. I love Larry, but I don't want him running third party because he'd take votes away from, from the Republican. Uh, there may be some enthusiasm for having a, a, a Joe Manchin or a Cornell West, RFK Jr. as a third party candidate because that would probably take away from Democrats. What are your thoughts? Yes. Uh, well, I'm a candidate for president. I'm Dennis Andrew Ball. <laughs> Great. <laughs> that I, I hope I delivered the bad news to you with some level of skill and love. Good grief. Good grief. I got I to tell you, got it. 
That was a long, that was a, <laughs> I should almost give the guy's website at this point. So anyway, all right. Cause that, that's, I got to tell you, I got you, sir. You got a gift. You got a, you, you are instantly at least as interesting in your presidential campaign as Asa Hutchinson is. And you may in fact get more votes. All righty. one Prager 776 Let us roll to Prescott, Arizona. Neil, hey, Mark Davison for Dennis. How are you? And are you, in I'm fact, on the ballot anywhere? I, I had an eye operation, so I see, see clearly now. I found out. Hey, I'm, uh, Johnny Nash, we'll roll it out for you. Uh, Johnny Cash was a customer. Um, the whole idea Johnny of Nash. abortion is, is sickening. I took a girlfriend to an abortion. She almost died. It wasn't mine after all, she said, but it still hurts. I find the left, since I was in the farms business, the left tells us, don't shoot the rapist, we'll get you the abortion later, but don't execute the rapist that murdered your unborn baby. Yeah. Now, Putin, Putin might have uh, made a situation on that airplane, post-birth abortion to his enemies. Yeah, that's, it's, that's, there, there is a certain danger to running afoul of Putin. And I can't sit here and say that I absolutely know that he had, uh, had Prigozhin killed. But as, as Joe Biden himself might say in a lucid moment, come on, man. All right. Uh, here comes the bottom of the hour break. We'll come back, take some more of your thoughts about the Republicans on stage last night. The one Republican who was not on stage but was sitting there with Tucker doing a great job in that broadcast. And a number of other things. Lying ahead, Mark Davison for Dennis. Stick around. We have all kinds of things for you to read and see and do. I gotta tell you, we Salem Media Group people, we will keep you busy. <laughs> Talk shows and books and Regnery is awesome. They uh, they saw fit to print a couple of my books. I ought to crank out another one at some point when I get a minute. It was Lone Star America in 2014, How Texas Can Save Our Country. Every word's still true. In 2016, I wrote Upside Down, How the Left Turned Right into Wrong, Truth into Lies, Good into Bad. That's a long subtitle. Just do Mark Davis Upside Down on Amazon and uh, grab that and let me know what you think. Uh, real interested in knowing what you think right now at one eight Prager 776 as we do debate the, the day after. And uh, talking also about Trump and Tucker the day after because uh, a lot of folks got some words in. Uh, in the evening's uh, pursuits that that did them um, that did them some good. Uh, the surprises for me, and I, debates don't tend to yield a lot of surprises. You pretty well know what people are. DeSantis could have could have had a better night. It was okay. It wasn't crippling. But he really needs to kind of gear up. Uh, so he needs to keep pace with Vivek's energy now. Uh, Mike Pence, who has bored me greatly for months, and he's a good man, a good father, a good husband, a good Christian, a good conservative, he's a good vice president. But I just didn't see any groundswell of people wanting him to be president. I still don't, but but he stepped up and and, uh, defended himself in some ways and, and did some things that were of value. Nikki Haley did. Tim Scott really did. I don't think... Brother Scott is getting uh, enough love. I think that amid some of the sniping, Vivek versus Christie and, and you know, everybody versus everybody else, that, that, that gave Tim Scott some moments to sort of be the above-it-all grown-up, just saying some good bedrock uh, valuable things. 
he's not going to be the nominee either. But I think that he, to me at least, enjoys the inside track for running mate. Don't you think? One um, eight Prager seven seven six. We are in uh, Arlington, Virginia. There in the Washington Burbs. Lucy, Mark Davis in for Dennis. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I wanted to I, disagree with you about um, Trump being at the, the the debate. I don't think he should have mm-hmm. been there. He shouldn't have been there because they would have just beat the hell out of him on on J six or any of these indictments. You think? Going how, how do you, yeah. and you think yeah. he couldn't handle that? You think he? I would, don't you think it would have been masterful to see him beat back those attempted attacks? Yes, I do. I, I agree with that. But the problem I know what you I mean, though. Is I, I want the other guys to hear. I want to hear their views because in 2016, Trump was like number ten or twelve for me. I had so many people ahead of him. But at the last time, ah. when, when it was all over and done with, when uh, no one le- was left standing but him, I knew I wasn't going to vote for no one but whomever the Republican candidate is. So it gave right. me a chance to hear all these other guys' views. And if I, yes. if they had, if he had been there, they would have just, I wouldn't have heard those views. So I want to rate rate them. I want to, I want to hear what they say so I can rate them because I don't want to do and I don't want the our voters outside to do what I did. I made the mistake when Romney uh, McCain and Romney were running against Obama I couldn't hold my yeah. nose for either one of them and I regret no. that I, I have, know it's I okay do. I regret I'm it because well. I have put Obama in office and I don't want to do that again I, this time I would probably have to hold my nose and vote for um, so far I can see I'd have to hold my nose and vote for Pence but I will do it because well, and, and, and that's wisdom, and that and that and that's called getting smarter. And I'm so grateful to you. And, and you got a lot of company too, because that's nothing but smart. Because if you don't get exactly the person you want, then as if you have any Republican, any conservative, any any kind of that DNA in you, you got to ask, okay, is four more years of Biden okay? And if it's not, you got to vote for whoever the Republican is. Period. Paragraph. End of story. And I do correct. And I do hope outside is doing something. They better be mirroring every single thing the demon rats are doing because those guys are <laughs> demon rats. evil geniuses. They are not so. Hey, with with, with about sixty seconds, if, if you could, who would you like right now? In knowing everybody as you do, um, who would you like the Republican nominee to be right now? Who'd be your choice? Trump. Trump. Yep. Gotcha. I know what okay. the man did. I know what he will yep. do again. And this time, I think he has learned his lesson with the personnel that he put in there the last time. He has learned his doggone lesson this time. He is not going to put uh, uh, Fatty Boy in there. He's not going to leave <laughs> in there. He's not going to listen to Chris anymore. From Scaramucci to John him. Kelly. He, he is on it. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you, Lizzie. Left. Thank you. I so I value. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And this was a lady who was a Trump skeptic. What'd she say? He was 10th on the list. So you know how many people for whom he was 10th on the list, fifth on the list, third on the list. For me, he was second on the list. I was a Ted Cruz guy stuck with him until Trump beat Ted in Indiana, May of 2016. Well, that's the end of that amount of time. It took me to pivot to Trump one millisecond. Never looked back. That was great. Worked out superbly. She knows it. I know it. Do you know it? Mark Davison for Dennis. Stick around. Shanghai Noodle Factory, place where I once used to be. Nowhere doing that. 
number three on this uh, Thursday, 24th of August. It is debate night, the day after your reactions. We've all slept on it. I assume we have. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and it was a late night because I had to uh, log the debate and then uh, watch all 40-some minutes of Trump and Tucker. And Trump and Tucker was fantastic. I'll have some excerpts from that here a little later on this hour if you missed that. Um, and that's the thing is, is Trump and Tucker was something you could watch anytime. You could watch it last night. You could watch it today. I mean, that's the nature of, of dropping your shows on Twitter or any, anywhere online. You can watch them anytime. It's on demand. Uh, the debate was happening. I know there's such a thing as the DVR. There are people who watched the debate this morning and that's fine too, but it was kind of happening as a live broadcast. And so you could, uh, you could, you could do it all. And that's what led me to believe that Trump could have done it all. He could have had the huge impact, the 200 million or so views of sitting down with Tucker Carlson, while at the same time showing up on a debate stage and reminding anybody who needed to be reminded uh, not just what a great president he was, but what a great candidate he can be. Because, listen, we've learned that today. I've heard from some folks who say, listen, I loved the the president's policies. I, I wish he could win again, but I just don't think he can uh, that is a nagging doubt that some people have. And to have him on a stage duking it out, not just over 2020 uh, uh, rigging or uh, the continuing mountain of um, of prosecutions, but on the border, on the economy, on climate insanity, the reason on, on battling the woke agenda. Does anybody believe that Trump remains – kind of tight-lipped on wokeness because that's kind of DeSantis's baby? I'd like not to think so because every time DeSantis goes after Disney, every time DeSantis goes after Bud Light, every time DeSantis goes after you know critical race theory, every time DeSantis goes after gender lunatics, you know Trump agrees. You know he does. Part of, please. But he doesn't talk about it as much because I mean, he may be concerned that people will go, up. That's Trump agreeing with DeSantis. And Trump doesn't want to be seen as agree, as being like second to the dinner table on anything. But he's not. Trump was talking about much of this stuff during his first term. So I just, ah, it's a crazy dynamic these days. And we're obviously uh, analyzing that dynamic this morning. Join us at this morning. Listen to me. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the West Coast vibe since it's the, uh, since it's the Prager show. Because it, it is indeed uh, just after lunchtime here in Central Time. No matter what time zone you are in, glad you are here. And, of course, I'm used to saying good morning because that's the show that I host here on 660 AM, The Answer in Dallas-Fort Worth. So, look. Oh, hang on a second. We've, we've got uh, uh, interesting um, – uh, de- so there are huge developments in Georgia today. Uh, number one, Trump shows up to be arraigned, fingerprinted, booked, mugshotted. I don't know. Are they going to throw him in a holding cell? I, I, I don't think so, but any wacky thing is possible. So there's big number one. Number two is House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan has announced he is going to probe – the DA's motivations, District Attorney Fonnie Willis there in Fulton County, to in a in a search for political motivation. Uh-huh. And the other bit of news is from Ms. Willis herself, who has recommended a trial date on the Georgia charges. When do you think it is? 
usually a lot of these things move at a glacier's pace, right? And there's been a lot of talk about, well, what's it going to be like if some some Trump trial is like in the spring of 2024? Like, you know, right after Super Tuesday or right before Super Tuesday or something like that, what will it be like if there are like two or three people left in the race and it's Trump and DeSantis and Vivek and all of a sudden, eh, he's got a trial he's got to go to in April or May of 2024. Well, uh, DA Ms. Willis wants no part of that. She wants a trial a couple of months from now, October of this year. Hmm. Meaning one of two things happens. Either Trump carries the stain of a conviction in if if it is indeed a stain or 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 the booster shot of a conviction that's probably a bad usage in the era of covid uh the the wind in his sails the benefit of a uh, conviction uh, or the sting or depending on how you look at it of a conviction or he can, or he's vindicated or he is he is simply uh, or we find a jury even in trump hating atlanta that at, at least has the clarity to recognize that he didn't do anything illegal, that he he broke no law in his vigorous, righteous attempt to get to a correct result in 2020's results when he thought that the ones that had been arrived at were flawed and were suspicious and, and were unacceptable. And he's completely entitled to that view. As was Al Gore in Florida in 2000. Al, you know, do we remember Bush v. Gore in 2000? I think we do. And, uh, and, and that was a hotly contested, very close race. And, uh, and, and Gore had a slate of alternate electors. Nobody ever called them fake electors, though. Gee, I wonder why. Gore had a slate of alternate electors just in case he was awarded the state of Florida through the court battles. And by the way... That's exactly what he should have done. I gave Al Gore all kinds of holy you-know-what during that campaign, before and after. But was he entitled to have a slate of electors ready to go if his team prevailed in Florida? Of course he did, as was Trump so justified in Georgia in 2020. All righty. Here we are in 23, looking at 24, and I'm looking at your calls. Here you go. 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776. We are in Westminster, California, and George, that is you. Mark Davison for Dennis. How you doing? I'm doing fine, Mark. Hi. I'm a Trump, I'm a Trump supporter because I think he's the only one that will be able to stand up to what the deep state has been doing to him and will do to our next president if he's a Republican. Uh, so, as, as so, there's no doubt that Trump has that skill set. I have a feeling that DeSantis says the right things and that Vivek says the right things about that, but they they just are being unproven. They have not swayed you, correct? That's right, and uh, yep. that concerns me. You know, but I do feel that any of the Republicans is better than any of the Democrats. Well, you are you are correct about that, and thank you for the clarity on that. Because I and I listen. It, it, if Trump is the nominee, and you are one of the uh, one of the Republicans who is is not just thinking we need to turn the page, but uh, just you just don't want him anymore. He was never your cup of tea. I get that. Everybody's entitled to their, their personal tastes. But uh, and I, I had these talk shows in 2016 
where people had, you know, they were big Trumpophobes. They they're just they had a problem with Trump because they were you know, hardcore Ted Cruz or hardcore Marco Rubio or if anybody was hardcore Marco Rubio or whatever. They wanted somebody else. And 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 I, and they said, well, I don't know if I can vote for Trump. And I would tell them person after person, caller after caller after caller after caller. I'd tell them, so so a Hillary presidency is okay with you? And they go, oh no. I go, yes, it is. Yes, it is. If you refuse to show up and vote for Trump, that means a Hillary presidency is acceptable to you. And if it's not acceptable to you, then you got to get over yourself and get in there and uh, and vote and vote for Trump. We're in Greenville, South Carolina. Mark. Hey, Mark Davis in for Dennis. How you doing? Hey, very well. Thank you. And I'm so glad you're Hi. in. I love Dennis Prager because he talked about the most valuable and rarest of courage of, of uh, character qualities is courage. And that's what Donald John Trump has, that even DeSantis doesn't to the extent. Now, he's, he did many courageous things in Florida, but I'm so yeah. thrilled with what uh, Donald Trump is. But specifically, I wanted to talk about Mike Pence and this mm-hmm. specific question. When, he, when the topic comes up about his failing – to hold strong on July, June, January the sixth. Right. I, I cannot over quote. I cannot overturn the election. That's not the question. He is straw manning right. the question. The question was that is your thousand percent. All, all he was asked to do was pause the process so that we could examine exactly. what had happened. You're completely right about that. Exactly. Yep. He, he, yep. Could, yep, yep, he yep. could just refuse to certify the election, and he keeps mischaracterizing yep. it. And I think he's That's a right. great. De- in that regard because yeah, he's, he's he's got his own he's got his own reputation to protect and uh and the other thing that he says and this is when one of his favorite lines and i don't know who he thinks this attracts maybe a disgruntled chris christie voter he said you know donald trump asked me to choose between him and the constitution no mike no he did not no he did not all righty. Uh, well, I'm going to choose between many of your calls, and it's a delightful choice to make. And place more of them, please, at 1-8-Prager-776. Mark Davison for Dennis, and we will be right back on this Thursday post-debate, post-Trump on Tucker, pre-2024 type of talk show. Stick around. Thank you, Dennis. Mark Davison for Dennis Prager. Today, Thursday, August 24th, debate night, the morning after Trump and Tucker, the morning after the summer before the fall, before the winter, before the spring, when all kinds of voting takes place, leading to the fall that really matters, <laughs> the fall of 24. All righty, we are in Columbus, Ohio. Cameron, Mark Davison for Dennis. How are you? Happy Thursday. I'm good. How are you, Mark? Good. Thank you. Hey, listen, this is to mostly to the hardcore Trump voter. Um these people aren't playing on the left. This isn't like Trump saying, hey, I'm going to lock her up, lock her up, and not do it. They will do it. These are hardcore leftists. They will put him in jail. There are states that will keep him off the ballot, and it will go to the courts, and it's completely unconstitutional, but they don't care. They don't care about the Constitution. And by the time it gets litigated to the Supreme Court, there's three good justices out of the six conservatives Three of them will not reverse this election. So if they want to keep their guy out of jail, they better start opening their eyes and look to a different candidate than Trump because they are going to put him in jail and they are going to keep him off the ballot. 
Well, I have a question because you said if you, it doesn't look like you feel that they can keep him out of jail. It seems that you feel that him winning is impossible. So is this a call from you for people to have a hard look in the mirror, a hard look at the circumstances, lay down your arms, plan to win and bail off a of Trump and go find you somebody else? Is that your general message? Yeah, that that's exactly right, <laughs> because I, I I would vote for him. If he's on the ballot, I'll vote for him. No doubt in my mind. Yeah. But yeah. They are going these there are probably six blue states and you know which ones they are that are going to keep him off the ballot and it is completely <laughs> well, wrong. I, I, that maybe I uh, that's, don't I don't I don't know if they're going to be able to keep him off the ballot. I, I, I don't know but let me you ask you from that perspective it, from the well I I know nothing should surprise us. Who um, okay if you, who would you right? uh, who, who do you matter. want who do you who do you think then who do you think is our best bet to beat Biden? Who do you, who do you like? Oh, I, I think Ron DeSantis, hand down, hands mm-hmm. down. He actually gotcha. did MAGA. He did MAGA. I, I know. That's about right. it tweet about it. He did. I know. I I know. That's uh, exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, these guys, Trump and DeSantis, are cut from such similar cloth, and it is only the vicissitudes and oddities of uh, of, of the way a presidential campaign is going to go that has them at uh, at odds with each other we are in oregon hi cindy mark davison for dennis how are you doing hi all right um hey. glad i could talk with you thank you okay i i think we all need to stand back a little and stop looking at life like a game show the debates right now are politics as usual and trump is actually laying his life on the line in real life for the freedom of america and has been for some time uh, what do you mean by politics as usual? Because with eight people on stage, there are some who I would off, who I would say that about. I don't think Vivek is politics as usual. I don't think DeSantis well, the, is. The debates are good and necessary, but real where the real fight is going on is with the courts. This is not about they don't like his personality. I know. Oh, it's I know. About he's promoting America and he's not listening to them and. He's willing to lay his life on the line. Nobody else has shown that. Well, nobody else has had to. Uh, so, uh, and, and, well, you know, DeSantis was in the military, so I would give him a little bit of credit for that. Uh, all right, we are in Idaho. Uh, Preston, hey, Mark Davis in for Dennis. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Mark. Can you hear me? I can indeed. Okay, great. My comment was, if they say Trump committed a crime, by asking Mike Pence to hold back a bit and review the electors, and, and this is some kind of a crime, why would not the legislators that asked Pence to hold back and send the electors back to their state legislature to be reviewed, why would those people not be guilty also of trying to subvert the Constitution? Why don't they ask Well played. And, you know, and listen, and that is superbly put. And if we want to extrapolate further, if there is such a thing as an illegal thought, an illegal motivation, an illegal wish, uh, why aren't they coming to get me for doing this radio show and the radio show that I do, which is which has proclaimed from every mountaintop I can find that the 2020 result was flawed, that there were doubts, proper, righteous concerns about the accuracy of the vote. 
and that a pursuit of the truth, not to overturn something or to subvert anything or to terrorize anything or to to thwart constitutional uh, democracy or blah, 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 not any of those things, just to ask those questions. Uh, why isn't the show that I do illegal? Why isn't your call to me something that could get you arrested? I know that sounds like I'm you know, writing a new Orwellian novel, but this is what the left is up to right now. This is what they are about. We are long past the days uh, of, of simple debate where I say something and somebody else says something else. Trump says something and some other candidate says something else. A Republican says something and then a Democrat says something else. Those those were good days. How I miss them, both doing what I do for a living or as, and just as an American. We are now at the point where if you thwart what the left says, you are a hater, you are a terrible person, you are stupid, and we may lock you up. Because if, if, from if your belief that there are only two genders – is something that is being driven from the public square by these people. Your belief that the 2020 result was not as pure as the driven snow is something that is being driven from the public square. It is silenced in our media culture. It is sidelined by uh, elites and authoritarians in power. And it is a deeply, deeply troubling and concerning road that we are on. The road we're on for the show takes us through this break and on the other side to more of your calls. I look forward to that. Mark Davis in for Dennis Prager. Stick around. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years worth of archives as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.